0: going on. It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Bailey James over Zoom video. Bailey was born in Philly, but pretty much raised in the Nashville area. She moved to Nashville, I think at 12 or 13 years old. She started coming down to Nashville to pitch her demo and meet with people around 11. She got into music and singing at a very early age, always a fan of country music, but she is classically trained as an opera singer as well. We hear about her going around at 11, 12 years old, giving her demos to different record labels, their response to her, trying out for American Idol, her song Finally Free, all the work she's doing with mental health, and all about her brand new song, which is called The Crow. You can watch our interview with Bailey James on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you are listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, or Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, it'd be awesome if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and
0: subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Bailey James. Hi. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. I appreciate you doing this.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. Of course. Um, My name is Adam, and this is about you, your journey in music, and we'll talk about the uh, new song, The Crow. Okay, cool. Sweet. Um, Are you you born and raised in Nashville? Is that what I saw? No,
1: I'm originally from Philly. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm a true northerner, moved about five years ago. So now I'm like a southerner.
0: Okay. <laughs> so you're in Nashville now.
1: Yeah. I'm a Nashvilleian now.
0: Right on. I'm I recent Nashvilleian-ish. I moved here about a little over a year ago as well.
1: Okay. So it's still new to you.
0: Very new. Exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah. from Southern California, from San Diego. So totally different world.
1: I've never, I've been to California once and it was for like a day for American Idol. So I didn't really get to experience it, but I've heard it's very different. Tater, oh, wow. shut up. You can't be talking during the interview. <laughs> it's my pitbull.
0: Oh, that's cool. I thought you were yelling at some kid. That's awesome.
1: No, no, no. He's a big baby. I don't know. Here,
0: <laughs> Oh, I see him. You can bring him in the interview. It doesn't matter to me.
1: Gosh, no! It's like loud.
0: Okay, right on. Well, okay. So I'm originally from. You said Philly. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm originally talk to
1: from, um, this little. Well, it's not Philly, but you know, people don't really know much of Pennsylvania outside of Philly. So okay. it's like an hour from Philly. It's this little town called Levittown, Pennsylvania.
0: Um, what was it like growing up there?
1: Super blue collar and okay. very just like the biggest things happening were. Like baseball games and um fairs that was like the biggest things that would come through our town so uh baseball it nice.
0: and fairs was it how far like the phillies games was that pretty close or is that far
1: um philly's like an hour away and most of us didn't like oh. want to drive there
0: so. sure <laughs> yeah okay. so it
1: was it was very small town and i kind of i kind of miss um only knowing that lifestyle
0: Right, right. Um, so how did you get in the music growing up in a small, small town?
1: Yeah. So my dad's from Texas. Um, and he grew up watching like all the greats go to Texas and play in these little bars. He got to watch TV Ray Vaughn live and just like all these legendary people. So he had this really cool music taste. Uh I remember I would be like six years old. He would be driving me to like ballet lessons and singing Johnny Cash to me. And so oh, I started awesome. to learn. Each song, and uh, that's kind of where my love for country music started. Then I listened to Patsy Cline, Crazy, and I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to make people feel the way she does. And she's the reason I started where I did. And so um, I made this little EP, and it had Blue Violin Rhymes, um, Crazy by Patsy Cline, and an opera song because I'm operatically trained.
0: Really? I, okay.
1: Yeah, that's where I started. And most people are like, well, now that you say that, I can hear it. Right. Because um, there's oh. just a lot of vibrato in my voice. But yeah, so that's where I started. I, I took this little CD down in Nashville as an 11-year-old. And I went to everyone I could possibly go up to. And I forced the CD in their face.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. And I was
1: like, hi, I'm Bailey James. Here's my music. If you like me, call me back. Um, yeah, that's where I started. And I even went to the record labels. And they were like, that's not how it works anymore. But thank you.
0: But did they take the CD?
1: They didn't take the same, the same Oh,
0: but They th- should have just appeased an 11 year old, right? They should have been like, Oh, cool. I'll, I'll take a listen. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no,
1: They did it. They, sl- they slammed the door in my face.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I'm well, I'm sorry about that. It's I'm all right.
1: Kidding. No, they were, they were nice enough. They just had to do what they had to do. But then I built sure. a team and I started from about 11 to 16 coming back and forth to Nashville and just like making music, um, meeting with people, kind of making those connections. And that's where I really started.
0: Okay. Well, to back up quite a bit here. So when like you said you're a trained opera singer, when did when did you start singing? And like what were you put in chorus or choir really young?
1: I, I wasn't. I wasn't put in like chorus or choir. I put myself in and then I didn't like it because we sang too quiet, is what I said. I wanted okay. to be able to be real felt loud. felt it. Yeah. Um And so I just loved music and I would come home from school and listen to music and sing music till the time I had to go to sleep. And I remember I tried out for my school's talent show and I got in and I was like, oh my gosh, but I had such bad stage fright. It was, it was really funny. If I look back at the video now, I'm like up there shaking.
0: Oh, you have Uh, the video. That's awesome.
1: I do. Yeah.
0: What did you Um, sing? Do you remember? Oh, you I, felt, video. I
1: remember for my first talent show, I sang Skinny Love by it was a birdie version of Skinny Love. If you've ever heard that song, uh uh-uh. it's like a pop song. I'd
0: have to look. Maybe I've it. heard it, but I just can't think of the I'm bad. At yeah, the
1: it's pretty old. And then I did Blue Violin Rhymes. And that's how okay. I learned to yodel. Um,
0: oh, really?
1: Mm-hmm. But I my parents, I guess they just. Parental instinct. I don't know. They knew I had something special. And so they put me in vocal lessons. And weirdly enough, the only vocal coach in my town at that time was a world-renowned opera singer who had retired.
0: Oh, weird.
1: Um, I know. And she toured with like Pavarotti and just had all these amazing stories. But she taught me a lot about how to protect my voice and um, kind of shaped my voice into what it is today. So I credit her for a lot of how I sound.
0: Okay. And did you sing like in uh, like an opera in your, in your hometown or anything? Oh, wow.
1: I would do a Italian opera is my favorite. Okay. Um, So whenever anybody asks, I just like belt that out, but it's not easy and people don't realize like opera singers are the most technically trained singers.
0: Right. I mean, if you listen to it, it's insane.
1: It is insane. And so that's, that's where my, my music roots are
0: in, in the opera, but you always grew up on country. Did you pick up an instrument at an early age or was it always just voice?
1: My parents tried to get me to play guitar and I just like dropped out of lessons like two weeks in. And then oh. I didn't pick up the guitar again until I wanted to.
0: Um, when, what age was that at?
1: I think I was like 16 when I started taking it seriously. And what helped me was I would play songs I wanted to play. So it wasn't <laughs> like, me just in a guitar lesson and then teaching me like random things. I, like
0: scales and all that yeah, you know, fun stuff. I got
1: to decide. I got to decide. And I'm not a good guitar player by any means, but I can get through a song and that's all that really matters.
0: Yeah, I've watched you on your Instagram and so stuff. You can play guitar.
1: Thank you. The, the basic chords, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so at 11, you moved to uh, Nashville or you came down to Nashville for the first time? And this is when at you had eleven. That... CD? I came
1: down to Nashville for the
0: first okay. time. Tell me about recording this CD. Was that done in your hometown?
1: Uh so the demo CD, which no one mm-hmm. will ever hear because I won't let them, that was done in my hometown. And this okay. guy's like shed in his backyard. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: sounds um, safe.
1: But you know what? It was it sounded good enough. Um, I do have like an EP called Where It All Begins. If anyone wants to go research that, it's like just a bunch of country schoolyard tunes, and I recorded that in Nashville. Um, released that when I was twelve, I think.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so! I young. know I can't
1: even remember. Um, and yeah, run. It was. I think the single that we released after that was called "Run Girl," and we took that to Music Row.
0: And you were twelve years old when you were doing this. Yeah. Wow. So what? That must have been difficult just to even be there let alone be 12 years old and have people take you seriously was that hard to do
1: well I don't think they took me seriously I wanted them to right um no they didn't take me seriously they probably didn't take me seriously they said you know you got to be you got to be older you got to be at least 18 and so I just kept waiting and waiting and I'm like well I'm still going to keep making music and building my social media and um they probably didn't take me seriously until i put out finally free last year
0: and that was the first time people were like okay
1: that's the first time i started getting some real um just like recognition and publicity and i was like okay okay i'm an adult now they're gonna they're gonna treat me like one
0: so did you turn 18 and then people and then it was exactly as they predicted it
1: Yeah, I turned 18 and uh, I released Finally Free and they named it Opry Circle Song of the Week. It went like it went 42 on Billboard, country billboard. That's so huge. I know. And I was like, all right, all right. I get it now. I get it. I had to turn 18.
0: Wow. (laughs) So that's crazy that they said when you're 18, come back and uh, you, you know, then we'll take you seriously. And li- literally when you turn 18, you put the song out and then it goes on billboard chart. It does, you know, it it does all these think, things.
1: I also think, you know, I grew into myself as an artist and found my sound at that time when you're 11, you don't know what you want to be like.
0: Right. You're of just course.
1: worrying about what's happening in middle school.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Not worried. So I had to find myself in, as an artist and like, really figure out what music meant to me. And I did. And I think they realized that.
0: And you said you moved to Nashville at five years ago. Is that what you said?
1: Yeah, I was 15, 16. I can't remember.
0: So your parents took you down to Nashville because this was your dream. They moved you down here?
1: Yeah, they moved with me.
0: Oh, wow. That's pretty impressive.
1: It was impressive. And I don't give them enough credit because... Uh, my mom just bought a house back in PA for the first time in forever. And she's so excited because she's like a true Philly girl and Tennessee doesn't feel like home to her. So okay, I'm really lucky to have parents that supported me.
0: Yeah. I mean, to move you down from Philly to Nashville, to relocate you just because you wanted to to do this. That's so crazy.
1: Yeah, it, it really is.
0: Wow. Okay. So, um, You get down here. I was going to ask you another question, but I can't call off the top of my head. But um, so you get down here, you're you finally land this one song with Finally Free. Like you had years of working on songs down here, though, right?
1: Yeah. No, I was. I was grinding um, for at least eight and a half years before Finally Free. And honestly, I am thankful for all of it because I learned so much now I can go on stage and I can do a show easily and I can do radio interviews easily because I have so much media training from when I was 11 to now. And, um, I, I don't know. I just feel like it was meant to be like, I was meant to be down here and start writing in country kind of changed my musical style. As I started listening to more artists, I got into Amy Winehouse and Kurt Cobain and, um, just like a lot of rock, a lot of blues influence in my music style and writing really started to change. Mm -hmm. So it it was a journey for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, you said American Idol, you had been to California. What year was that?
1: I was 16 when I went to American Idol and um, it was my first time on a plane first. I had never been on a plane in my life.
0: Oh, wow. And did you, Uh, real quick, did you fly out to LA to audition or did you like audition here and then
1: get the pass? what people don't realize, and I guess what American Idol doesn't show, is that there's like seven auditions before you ever get to see the judge.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah.
1: And so I did a cattle call in West Virginia. Uh, thousands of people. They called me back. I what was that? To,
0: ex- what was that experience like? You just show up there, what at like four in the morning, and just wait. Four wait, in wait. the
1: morning. Four in the okay. morning. Full face of makeup. Um, you wait in line for like three hours get to the place you have 30 seconds to sing and there's five other people in your row and so you got to make those 30 seconds count
0: Um, okay so there's you and four other people and then they go they point at you and then one person goes and then the next and next 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 and then they just what okay
1: well they'll say i want to keep you and i want to keep you thank you to everyone else who showed up
0: oh that's rough
1: i know i know (laughs) um how many people
0: in your line of five made it i think two so you and one other person
1: yeah which was pretty good because sometimes those lines of five there's no one
0: yeah zero
1: um so then i went to uh kentucky to do the uh executive producer audition
0: okay so you see like, so you go you go from what you said west uh west virginia west virginia, west mm-hmm. virginia and then you go to Kentucky. Yeah. So this is the next stage, and what is the the cattle is like dwindled down quite a bit. So how many people are in this one?
1: So in this one, there's about like three. That's it. There's about three people, and well, no, there's more people, but there's about but three, three, in, a in, there. yeah, three in, in a row. Yeah,
0: in a row. Okay. Um,
1: and then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller until so it's only you in a room. And then this one, you had two rounds, so it was like the three people. If you got through that one, then you went to Other room where it was just you and they were asking you questions and you sang like two songs and they would let you know if you got through. And once you got through, it was still a waiting game because they were figuring out who they wanted to bring to meet the judges. Um, so I waited, I think like a month, and then we got the call and they wanted me to meet the judges. And that was that was long too. You sit there for like eight hours at most, waiting to go see the judges. And in between those, you know, like they're shooting scenes. Getting right. footage, and at that time, um, I just lost my brother. So obviously they were going to use that story. Oh, yeah, okay. and it, it was really rough. So we were like, they're making us redo scenes, talking about it.
0: Oh my gosh,
1: you know? that is rough. I know, but I did get to meet Katie and Lionel and Luke. Katie and Lionel gave me yes, and Luke gave me a no. Of course, the only country artist there gives me a no,
0: but. <laughs> so now if you I just, get two though then that means you make it through right
1: yeah so i made it through
0: well um, real real quick so from kentucky where are you meeting the judges at Are are they in kentucky
1: they were where did i meet the judges yeah they were in kentucky they were in louisville
0: okay yeah so you go through the the line of three then you make it through there then you're in a room and they're interviewing it and then is that this where they're prodding for like uh you know Information about your family and everything, and that's where they kind of grab yeah. their storyline.
1: Well, they ask you from the beginning, like, do you have a story? Um, yeah, wow. and so
0: the beauty of yeah, reality television, right?
1: Yeah, it's reality TV. Um, and after the judges, I think my dad there's footage of him picking up Brian Seacrest because he's a big man, my dad's like 300 pounds. Two. Oh man. Yeah. So he was like there's there's footage of him picking up Ryan Seacrest that they put on American Idol on that season. Um but after that we about in December, it was December, early December. I remember because they had like a Christmas tree in the hotel in um Hollywood. We went to Hollywood. I was there for one day or two days. Um I did the first round of Hollywood Week, didn't get through. Got flown right back, and that that was it.
0: Oh wow! Okay, well you you said you got it on the plane for the first time ever.
1: Yeah, it was what my. What was that experience?
0: Well,
1: my Nerv- mom's- were talking,
0: you terrified? No, what?
1: I love planes. My mom's deathly afraid of planes, so she was like trying to pass her fears on to me, and I was like, no, thank you, ma'am.
0: <laughs>
1: like, She's like you I'm should fine. be so
0: scared right now. <laughs>
1: um yeah so that was great and the food there was great but just the whole process like I don't even remember that much because it was so go 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 like they call Hollywood week hell week and they mean that Mm -hmm. it was so rough um and afterwards when I hadn't made it through they were like well you know at that time my dad um wasn't working just because like he had just lost my brother and so it was traumatic for him. And oh, they were like, yeah. well, "You know, your dad I just lost his imagine. job, and you didn't make it through this round. So how do you feel?" And I'm like 16, and they're asking me this. But I, you know, I'm from Philly, so I don't cry like that. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I was like, "Get out of my face." Um, but other than that, it was a good experience. I think oh, I don't like the wow. I don't like the reality TV aspect of it. But I loved meeting the judges, and they were the they gave me the advice to, you know, do more blues. They were like, your voice is more bluesy and more soulful and you need to do more of that. And I was like, okay.
0: That's cool. As you see, you got some yeah, insight there from them, it obviously.
1: A, it was a chaotic experience to say, I believe.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry to hear about your brother. I did read that. And uh, you are a big advocate, right? For mental health.
1: Yeah, I am actually. Um, I just saw, uh, oh my gosh. One of the Juds passed away from mental illness yesterday. And I thought that was just.
0: Yeah. The the insane. mom. the it's Yeah.
1: Insane that somebody, a country legend who was like loved by so many people. Didn't couldn't get the help and the support that she needed. It's insane to me. But yeah, I'm a huge mental health advocate. Uh, lost my brother to suicide when he was 18. Um, I struggle with my own mental health. All the time and i'm very transparent about it i from a young age was told by everyone in the music business like don't talk about that they don't want to hear about that um you need to be on all the time and mm-hmm. eventually i was like can i curse
0: yeah you say whatever you want
1: eventually i was like fuck that like <laughs> um i i feel like being transparent and being able to let other people know that you're not okay makes you more human and people be able to relate to you more. And this mental Mm -hmm. health movement that was going on just, I mean, last year I was really going through it with my own mental health and kind of having my own issues while the finally free thing was going on. So everyone was like, you must be so happy. And inside I was like dying. I was Mm -hmm. so, so depressed. And um, being able to start the finally free movement, um, which is a movement I started it's, it's for mental health. I have a little podcast that I do occasionally, not
0: as, oh.
1: not as bougie as yours, but
0: <laughs> well, I don't um, write songs. So there you go.
1: Uh, well, there you go, <laughs> but it's really helped me. And people reach out to me all the time telling me um, how I've helped them and how me being transparent. Cause I think social media is like a highlight reel of your life. Oh yeah.
0: Really of course.
1: You know that, we all struggle and we all have days where we're like, I don't want to do this.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's has to be so, right. I mean, to lose your brother. And then you said right almost around the same time as when you went and did American Idol.
1: Yeah, actually I lost my brother the week after we moved to Tennessee and I know <sighs> it was actually like a couple of days after, uh, did you,
0: did your whole family move down to Tennessee?
1: My dad was already in um, Nashville because he was living with my brother. At that time, my brother—he was—I mean, throughout his entire life was bouncing in and out of like mental health facilities. Okay. Um, so he wanted to live with my brother. My brother called him one day and was like, "I just want to live a real life. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a job. I don't have a car. I just want to be able to, you know, experience life." Um, and so my dad took him out and. They lived together for almost two years. And In Nashville? The, yeah. And a couple of days after my dad had moved out, that's when he took his own life. And it was just so rough. That entire year was like, we never stopped working throughout any of it. Um, and my dad had developed alcoholism during that year. So it was like, I'm on American Idol and I'm smiling. But like, my dad has alcoholism and my brother just passed. <laughs>
0: And right. I mean, that's so much. That's so heavy.
1: It was heavy. And I think I grew up really fast during that time period. Um, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like a sixteen year old.
0: No, yeah, of course not. And was that something that you felt like you if keeping busy would have kept your mind off that, or was that what you're trying to do? I, I mean
1: I, I honestly don't know. To, don't know. Sometimes yeah. I wish I would have taken the time to um like go to therapy and um get just get help with all that trauma Mm -hmm. because last year I realized that well I still had all of it and it was still affecting me Mm -hmm. um and I was like if I would have stopped and I would have been like hey you're not okay and you don't have to do music right now but I, I felt like I had to keep going and in a way it did help me in a way talking about it I mean I did a performance like a week after and I had to talk about it
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And I was, it was so hard. It was so, so hard.
0: I mean, I'm sure it's probably still hard to talk about.
1: It is. It is still hard to talk about, but I've learned how to kind of, when I'm speaking about it, put my emotions to the side.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That's, Thank you. that is so sad. And then to have to be, yeah, like you said, if you're going to a show like that, you got to put on a smile and, and then of course they're going to dig and pry at that because that's the yeah. story they want.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's the problem, I think, for um, celebrities, especially they're always they always have to be on. They always have to be on. You can't stop. You can't just take a break. It's not like that. And um, that really affects your mental health. And so, I don't know, me just being transparent and taking care of myself and letting people know that they can take that time and they can go to therapy and it's OK to have these issues. Mm-hmm. Um is important because there's such a stigma around it
0: yeah and i feel like because people look at like a celebrity or something that that it's almost i mean yeah they have money or whatever and and fame and this and that but it's like they having to always be on because if you're not then somebody's gonna be like oh like can you believe blah 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 it's such a horrible person like i just wanted to take 50 pictures with them and like you know kiss their baby and it's like like yeah Imagine being bothered like all the time, and then how having to, you know, because then if it comes out that you are mean or whatever, and now everyone's got a phone, so they'll just film you being obnoxious if you were like to tell somebody to go away or whatever, and then just comes back to get you.
1: I think it's starting to come out more and more the way the media kind of makes a joke of mental health because I look at people like Britney Spears and Kanye Mm -hmm. West and people who are literally begging for help and the media is just like ha ha she's a train wreck and mm-hmm. he's out of his mind and it's like those things are the reason that people don't want to reach out and get help
0: so. right because they don't want to be exactly labeled and then there's a stigma and everything else that kind of comes along with it yeah wow so you started to finally free the this movement it around the same time the song came out or is it something you had prior and then you wrote the song
1: um I started it after I think I started like maybe two months after the song had come out I was struggling so bad when the song came out and my dad brought up the idea and I was like okay maybe um and then when I started to get better and I got on new meds I have OCD and anxiety and depression so I needed new meds (laughs) Mm -hmm. to kind of uh combat what was going on um but once I got in a healthier mindset, I was like, okay, let's do this. And so I started it afterwards. And being able to tell my story and be like, yeah, I'm a lot better now that I got help mm-hmm. um, just meant a lot. I'm also a youth advocate for the Jason Foundation, and they're a nonprofit organization outside of Hendersonville, Tennessee. And they had uh, the late and great uh, Charlie Daniels as one of their spokespersons in Brassville. Oh, Fox. wow. I got to sing the national anthem for Charlie Daniels because of that. So that was pretty cool.
0: That is really cool.
1: But yeah, they, uh, the founder Clark Mm -hmm. flat lost his son at the same age, um, that Zane, uh, passed away too. They were both 18. So we had a lot in common with our stories and I had actually joined the foundation prior to my brother passing. So he really helped me and my family throughout that entire time.
0: Oh, Wow. That's yeah. oh so you joined oh my gosh. So you had joined it before that.
1: Yeah, I feel like it was honestly like meant to be. Um mm-hmm. just because the stories are so similar. It's it's strange really.
0: Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, to move on to I guess a lighter subject, you have a new song out.
1: I do. T- tell I'll me live. about
0: this the crow. Tell me about yeah. your song.
1: The crow. Oh my gosh. Um so I originally wrote The Crow because my brother had this like fixation with crows. He thought they were so cool and so otherworldly. Um, and so I just really wanted to be like, I wanna write a song about a crow. I think crows are cool. <laughs> um, that that that's where I went into that, right. Uh, and I wrote it with Nolan Neal and, uh, oh my gosh, why can't I remember his name? Smith something, love you Smith. Sorry if you see this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And as a song, as we started writing the song, it became more about just everything that I've kind of been through and how I've overcome it. And if I wrote it for, if anyone was listening and they heard it um, and they were going through something, they would be able to kind of relate to that feeling. Um, And in the song, the crow is kind of my brother for me Mm because, um, I mean, the lyrics are pretty self-explanatory, but yeah. Uh, the Crow has done so much. And oddly enough, it was in uh, a Rolling Stone article. Mm-hmm. And uh, CMT just put the video out on their website. and yeah, I, That's huge. I know. I couldn't believe it. It's just mind-boggling to me. And I'm really, really grateful. And everyone who's reaching out and telling me how the song is affecting them. and how they relate to it in their story. That's what means the most.
0: That's so cool. Congratulations. Like, yeah, on the success Thank of the song you. and um, everyone's I, saying
1: it sounds like heart, which I'm really excited about. Fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. I want to sound like heart.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. And I saw uh, some, I think it was on your Instagram, some footage of you uh, singing what karaoke at a bar in Franklin area.
1: Yeah. My okay. band is uh based. Well, not anymore, but they were based in the Franklin area. And that's how I met my band Um, was at Puckets and Leapers port. Really? Yes.
0: That's crazy. Which they're not called. It's not Puckett anymore. Right. Didn't it go back to the original name? uh,
1: Fox and law. Okay. Yeah. My band was a house band there for a bit. um, And I just went one night and I remember Adam coming up to me and they're these big, huge guys. And he was like, you know, if you ever need a band, I would walk to play with you. And I was like wow. I
0: love you. Yeah. Did you play there or something? And like how did you how did they end up knowing who you are?
1: Yeah, so this guy I had been working with at the time, he was like you need to play this. This this is such a cool venue. And uh I did Finally Free on my guitar and uh where did you sleep last night? Uh it's a Nirvana cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Originally by Lead Belly, but Right, right, right. Uh, and he played the drums, and he came up to me after, and I just I watched him the entire time. He was amazing. They, I mean, they're from Mississippi, and they have that natural blues soul, just infusion in the way they play. And um, so then we started rehearsing, and that was that story. And I've been playing with them for almost two years now. But we did the the pond in Franklin, mm-hmm. um, their anniversary show, and I did whole lot of love. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Very, very cool. Well, I appreciate you doing this, Bailey. This is awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. Uh, I have one more quick question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists.
1: My advice for aspiring artists is find your sound, find the artists that make you happy and um, figure out why they make you happy. And kind of infuse that into your own music um don't follow the trends because everyone who has ever been legendary has been unique